Good morning. Welcome to your very first service of 2021. Good morning to everyone who's here in the building in the house of God and good morning to everyone at home in the presence of God. We are so glad that you're tuning in with us. If you're new or it's your first time, we would love to know that. If you want to just drop your name in the comment section below, we'd love to give you a proper greeting. So this morning I only have a few announcements for you and they go like this. So for our very first Friday of our 2021-ness, we're going to do a prayer morning breakfast thing. Um, And so it'll be at 7 a.m. You'll be at the table. You'll come in and we'll just be in prayer together talking about our prayers for this next upcoming year. So if you want to come do that, it'll be at the table space below at 7 a.m. this Friday morning. Following our service today, if you have been interested in being a group leader, if you're looking to be in community and you'd like to facilitate that, we would love to have you be a part of that this next year. So we're going to do a meeting directly after church with Kara. You'll find her and she'll be able to walk you through what that's going to be. And if you're unable to be there today or if you have something going on or if you're social distancing, we want you to be invited too. In fact, we're going to need lots of Zoom groups this upcoming year. So we invite you for a meeting that's going to be this Tuesday at 730. There will be a Zoom link that will go out. Check our Facebook page, check our um, emails, and we'll get that information out to you shortly. So then you'll have that for you. And then next, our last announcement, our children's ministry is going to be making some really big decisions in the next coming year. So we would love for you guys to be partnering in prayer. Whether you're a parent or whether you just have a heart for children, we would love if just over the next month you could be praying for us as we begin to just try to sense where God is moving our community and how he wants to be caring for our kids in this season. So if you would love to join us in prayer, we'll have more information for you soon. All right, so for our lectionary passage, it's going to be from Psalm 84, and it's the NRSV version, which is great. So it says, to the leader, according to Kenneth of the Korites, a psalm. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, indeed it faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young at your altar. O Lord of hosts, my King and my God, happy are those who live in your house, ever singing your praise. Happy are those whose strength is in you and whose hearts are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs, The early morning also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. The God of gods will be seen in Zion. O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayers. Give ear. O God of Jacob, Selah. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. For a day in your court is better than a thousand elsewhere. And I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than live in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. He bestows favor and honor. No good thing does the Lord withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, happy is everyone who trusts in you. And so God, this year, we just wanna be under the light of your blessing. And so God, we just begin to posture our hearts this morning and in preparation for this next season in trust of you. God, may we know in the deepest parts of our knowing that you are good, 
the story you're writing for us is good and that we can have faith. Give us joy, give us peace that passes understanding. Give us wisdom. Remind us of our strength in you. And God, I pray a special blessing over everyone here this morning or under the sound of my voice. God, may you begin to reveal yourself to them. May they realize that you are a God of joy and delight. That your presence is our highest gain. God, may they know the deepness and the width of your love for them. I begin, I begin to pray, Lord, that this year that you just begin to rewrite the narrative that people have brought this morning. Restore and heal their ideas of you that don't align. May they see you for the God that you truly are, and may they be moved to worship as a result. And God, we love you and we exalt you. We praise your name because you are worthy and you are good. So in your holy name we pray, amen. Isaiah 12 says, You will say in that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for though you were angry with me, your anger turned away that you might comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation, I will trust, and I will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. And as we pray our prayers to the people like we do every week, I found myself still thinking about the Christmas story and the angels bursting forth in great darkness with a great light. as I was reading stories of the darkness that seems to be so bleak around the world, I just found myself praying that salvation would burst forth. That comfort would draw near and that salvation would burst forth. So we pray for the universal church, its members and its mission we continue to pray for our believers in, in China and in India as persecution begins to rise. Targeted persecution for people loving you. It feels so wrong. It is wrong. It is not okay. It is breaking your heart. And so God, we just pray that your response would be to comfort your people. you draw near in the darkest of darkest of nights, whether it be in a jail or in hiding or in a home crowded away in secret, God, that your light, your salvation would burst forth. We pray for the Croatian church that collapsed after an earthquake, killing and injuring people in that community. grieving in the morning of a church that stood as a safe refuge, a place of hope and security and safety has just been put to, ru to, to rumbles. 
God, would you comfort your people? May we as believers gather around the world, would we lift up our fellow believers interceding on their behalf, standing in the gap, calling forth for light to burst through in the darkness. We pray for the world and all those in it. We pray for the dozens killed and the dozens other injured in Niger villages by militia attacks. cry out in a way that others would come to know your name. May we proclaim and remember and cling to that there is no evil that will not come to a day of singing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. There is no darkness that will not know your light. We pray for the 20 people that were on a boat from the Bahamas that were lost, that have not been found for almost a week now off the coast of Florida and they've just been declared missing. The grief and the unknown and the questions of their loved ones and their friends and their families, we cannot fathom. God, would you allow them to find security and safety and refuge and comfort in your name? Would the local churches impacted by this, would they be ever present in their mourning and in their questions? We pray for those impacted in Norway by the landslide as they continue to find bodies. As even the earth cries out in brokenness, may the other parts of nature respond with a great shout of joy. We pray for the welfare of Smyrna and Cobb County. We pray for COVID as it begins to just increase locally, nationally, globally. My prayer is always that I would not grow weary or tired of praying for the ending of COVID. And so we just declare in your name and we ask that COVID would be gone, whether it through miracle or through vaccine or through health experts or by each of us loving our neighbor and being responsible and wise, we pray for the end of COVID, both here locally and nationally and globally. May we not grow weary and tired and numb to the stories, allow us to stay present with our neighbor and with ourselves and with our family. We pray for this, the concerns of this local community and all those who suffer in it. We pray for Debbie Ryan's stepmom as she battles cancer. God, may we, as the River City Church, lift up the people that are directly impacted in our body with sickness 
And so we lift Debbie up to you and we pray that your presence would invade her room, that your presence would invade her body. May you surround her and carry her. May she know your presence is near. We pray for Lori Green as she continues to battle COVID. In the moments of great loneliness, may she know that she is not alone. In the moments of sickness, may she know that we are warring for her health. She know that she is seen and loved by this community and ultimately by you, her father. Would you heal her body? We pray for the Dorios family. Pray for Kate's grandmother, Susan, who's in the hospital with COVID and is, has other health complications for her, for Kate's mom. We cannot shoulder the burden alone of suffering, but what we can do is take it to the cross. And so we lift all of this up to the foot of the cross and we plead your blood all over it. And we ask God that you would come and that you would do the things that only you can do and that we would testify and sing your praises when you move and when you come. May the prayers of the people this week be the testimony and the praises months from now. Look what you did. May we testify of all that you have done and all that you are going to do. And so we present this to you and we ask you to move mightily. Would you come and have your way? It's in your name we pray, amen. We have, um, we originally were going to have some of our friends that were a part of our church for years. Um, they were going to be here. They're missionaries, and um, they are a part of one of the COVID contact circles, which means they can't be present today. But they did us the favor of creating a video last night that we could play for you. And this is a couple that we support monthly. Uh, it's one of our largest supported couples from our church, and we have been for years. And so it's good soil, and I want you guys to just give your attention to the screen for a moment to hear about what God's doing around the world through the people of God, and to specifically people we are a part of helping bless to get to where they're going. So take a few minutes and check this out. Hi guys, um, it's Kate and Andrew, my husband. Um, we are missionaries with YWAM Kona, we um, are in town and we're going to share at the church, but we are exposed to COVID, so we are waiting to find out if we're positive, so that's mm -hmm. why we're making this video. Um, but yeah, we just want to share an update on this past year and then also what's coming up for the next, for 2021. So yeah. Yeah, so like she said, we're a part of a missions organization called YWAM, um, and at the beginning of this year, we were leading two separate teams of students from this mission school. Uh, I was in northern Iraq and Kyrgyzstan, and she was in Myanmar. Um, so while we were in Kurdistan, or Iraq, we did a lot of um, work with refugee camps and local believers. Um, and just people we would make friends with. Uh, we did a lot of stuff that was like mercy ministry, humanitarian work in refugee camps, but then we also spent a lot of time just hanging out and trying to become friends with the local Kurdish people. 
and it was super fruitful. I got to see one of my good Kurdish friends actually come to the Lord, and that was so amazing. And then when we were in Kyrgyzstan, we did a lot of work with um, disabled children, because um, in their culture they kind of shun disabled children and leave them places. So there's like hospitals full of disabled children, um, so we would go in and minister to them and help out the staff with feeding and caretaking. Um, and I think the biggest thing that we do on these outreaches is discipleship of our team. Yeah. So um, we really like, just like teach them what it's like, what it means to like walk with Jesus through many different hardships and situations. We really get to like be in their life and speak into their life and it's so amazing and so fruitful. Yeah. Yeah, so I was also leading a team of about eight students in Myanmar um, in Southeast Asia. And so we did a lot of evangelism. Myanmar just became an open nation just like under 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. So it was super cool. We got to go to a bunch of unreached um, Buddhist villages, people that never heard about Jesus before. And... Um, yeah, like lead my students in sharing the gospel and praying for people and again doing some humanitarian like get just uh, supplying needs for them, but then also um, praying for them and getting to lead them to Jesus. And we saw a crazy amount of salvations. I really don't even know, like hundreds of sal salvations. Um, we did big campaign events and um, saw tons of salvations and then also just did healing or like prayed for healing. Um, and yeah, we're able to, um, minister in a bunch of different ways, did support local churches and, um, yeah, all different types of ministry. So that was our time in Myanmar. Um, we spent, so three months each in these nations, then mm -hmm. we came back and that was March when Corona, COVID happened. Um, and so we- Came went, back into a quarantine. Yeah, we were long distance, came back into quarantine. It was great because we <laughs> had to spend so much time together. Um, and we got married that summer. So much fun, mm -hmm. definitely highlight of the year. Um, and after that felt led to go back to Kona um, and to start pursuing long-term missions, actually us moving as a family to um, another nation. So um, yeah, married, pregnant, found out we're pregnant with a little baby. Um, and we started pursuing long-term missions. So to do that, we did this frontier mission school in Kona this fall. I was all about just preparing us for the field, like language, mm. culture, um, raising family, marriage, like all of the things. And it was incredible. Um, and in that time, we really felt the go ahead to start pursuing the Middle East and more specifically to, um, to pursue Turkey, moving to Turkey. Um, and Turkey is the largest unreached nation in the world. It has the most unreached people um, population in the world. So um, 
yeah, it's definitely harvest, like plow or like plowing field. Um, but we really felt like that's what God was saying for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we got to go there. You want to share yeah. a little bit about that? Yeah, we was it two months ago. Two yeah, months ago, like we, October. October. We went to Turkey for about two weeks, and we spent about a week in Istanbul, which is the one of the biggest cities in the world and one of their main cities. And we went to a smaller city in the south of Turkey called Antalya. Um, and while we were there, we really got to spend a lot of time with the people that have lived on the missions field for 20 plus years. And yeah. we got to spend time with their families and hear what their lives have been like and what they've learned and what they've learned about Jesus and all the things they've seen. And it was just so inspiring and like life-giving to us to yeah. go and like see what we want to do in reality. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that that was just super helpful for us like as like a scouting trip to really figure out like, okay, what are the ins and outs of moving there? Mm-hmm. Um, so really this next year, that's what we're going to be focusing on mainly is Turkey. Um, also having this baby in April, um, becoming parents, and then just, yeah, figuring out the ins and outs of how to move our family there. So, um, yeah, we don't know timing exactly. We're, we'll be forming a team, so we'll actually be going like with YWAMers out there um, and doing a lot of ministry and like we're we're still in the vision casting like stage but feeling like it will involve like training Turkish believers um, mission sending there and also like starting we really have a heart for prayer and worship and starting some type of prayer rooms there Mm -hmm. so um, that's kind of the that's the past year and the next year yeah yeah so Kate was here when she was like 15 or 16 years old, and I, I noticed about her from a young age that she um, was very sincere about her desire for God, and she didn't impose it on everyone, but it was earnest. And so I, I think she represents to me this idea of a person who is making available themselves for possible invitations from God, and then when the invitations happen, saying yes to them. So there wasn't this extravagant, let's go crazy and take over the world. It was more just like a person who seemed like she was ready to foster whatever the Lord would give her. And it's amazing to see what God's done with her because she and her husband, who we haven't met yet, but are, are living this out. Um, and I just think it's neat and it's a testimony to see that the gospel is still being preached. Things like salvations are still happening Right? In America, it's hard sometimes because we do a lot of church services around what makes people feel welcomed or comfortable, and a lot of times we forget to talk about the things that make Christianity what it is. Confession, repentance, seeking, the desire, hunger and thirst for God. It's just easier to present a bunch of people an environment that feels comfortable, right? And, and so I love being refreshed by the, the news of mission and the gospel going forth through 16, 17, 18, 19-year-olds. That's just encouraging. So we, we do our best to really bless them, and we are generous with the people that we support. And so we're going to make available this week some ways for you guys to pray. Uh, we'll post this video online, and then if you have questions or would like to be directed towards them, I'd love that. It'd be great. I'm going to jump in to what we're going to do today. I'm not going to keep you here forever, but um, welcome to 2021. All right. We're like, see ya. We're like full sprinting. I definitely wasn't full sprinting in December. I was eating in December. 
We're going to talk about thankfulness today, and I'm thankful for honest children. Um, yesterday, I put on my Christmas shirt. Who, who got a Christmas shirt in this room? Just me. I get a Christmas shirt every year that I'm pumped about. I'm going to preach in it. So I was like, hey, hey, do I look fat in this? And one of my kids was like, yeah. I was like, super. And they're like, what did you expect me to say? I expected you to lie and tell me I look thin in my shirt. I'm thankful for honest kids. I love my kids. I'm also thankful for the Orange Theory crew that keeps coming. And, and I'm putting things together and wondering, am I just a big target? Are they like, this guy's definitely needing to be in our class. So I'm a little bit insecure right now, I'll be honest with you. I'm going to stop eating so much dessert, maybe. Maybe that. Maybe that's what's going to happen this year. Maybe not. So Happy New Year. I want to ask you again, in the next few moments, there's not a thousand people here, but this is beautiful. Somebody asked me recently, how do I feel about all the people not coming to churches? I was able to tell them, no offense to those who can't come, I actually have enjoyed this season because I don't feel overwhelmed. I get to interact with people that I haven't been able to interact with before. I like it in some ways. But I want you to be reminded right now, this is not just the next 20 minutes of you sitting through a guy talking. This is the house of God in which he is active and present. And in any moment, he could possibly speak something to your heart, nudge you in a way that shifts your entire future. Sundays, gatherings are important. This is the house of God. We're here because of Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. There's no other place we gather around simply that. And because of that, there's all kinds of different people in this room. There's no other community that gathers so many different kinds of people. Inclusive, loving community, right? I want to start by just noting that last year was jacked up. Can I get an amen? But in its jacked upness, it produced in us many gifts. I'm going to list some here. I feel like 2020 to me will go down as a year of refinement. I thought about calling it the year of a potter. That didn't make sense. Or like it was water, but there's like too much time, you know. So refining, drawing down to our core the things that matter. So I'm going to list to you some of the gifts our body received last year. You can pull this slide up. Gifts that I recognize that were from God to us. Learning how to confess. Learning that repentance is not something churches should run from, but run towards. Learning that reflection is a gift that our nation and we need more than just acting. Learning that listening prayer is something that he's gifted the body with, with a shepherd leading that. The shepherd being him. I'm an under-shepherd. Learning that we are called to something deeper and more meaningful than just attending churches, large churches, growing churches. Learning that our hearts are warmed when we gather around Jesus, where our hearts not warmed within us. Learning that the church is a house for the presence of God, and it's actually what makes the church significant. We talked about the Old Testament and how the community was building this tent to go, and Dr. Johns came in and said, well, this community is asking, well, what makes us different from anyone else? The presence of God lives there. That's what makes it different. Learning that RCC is called here and we need to run with our calling. We learned about the creator spirit working, hovering over the waters, hovering over our year, stirring and stirring and stirring. We learned that we are called to embody what he's given us, not just speak about it, 
not just hear about it, not just read about it. And then lastly, my biggest lesson last year was for this year, and I believe he said to me, through prayer, not through an audible voice, through sensing, through searching, that we are to equip the saints this year. This is not just a year to have neat preaching and great worship. This is a year for equipping those who need to be drawn deeper and with God. I think that 10 years from now, we're going to be watching videos from people in our body that are living out the mission of the gospel. That's, that, would, that would be a dream, but also I'm going to kind of prophesy that, that our body would see people sent all over the world, even sent here into this city, even working here on staff or as a whatever at River City. There's a couple of gifts that came from our pots. If you don't know anything about our pots, we do something called pots twice a year, prayers of the season. We seek God and we have open-ended prayers asking him to fulfill them. He's answered a lot of these. The first one was like a little bit like a, you thought you guys did it right, but guess what? COVID's coming. So we saw God do so much in city kids. We learned to transform what we think about growth. We asked God for a volunteer culture. He blessed us by giving us no volunteers and no services. He got us. But also in that process, completely rebooting what it means to be a part and to be a volunteer, which we're in the process of now. We needed it. We prayed that there would be clear paths for discipleship, which we've been praying into now for two. And we asked that our body would take ownership. And whether it's a smaller amount or not, the people that have taken ownership in the last six months have taken ownership differently than any season before. It's truly been a blessing to see it. Then we prayed halfway through the year when we felt like we knew what was up. Clear paths for formation and discipleship. Community, belonging, and connectedness. Creativity, that the RCC leadership would have the right people in the right places. I sense that now for the first time more than ever. That needs would be met. We gave over 40 plus thousand dollars towards local needs last year because people in our body are generous and we were able to. And we learned that we need to step more into justice and racial reconciliation, which we will continue to do. And now the conversations are not only happening, but things are happening. We're not just pretending like it's something that other churches need to discuss. We're trying to embody it. So today I'm going to give you what I feel like is our year's first kind of mandate from God, and it's thankfulness and praise. We've already done a little bit of it, but thanks and praise... So we're good at prayers of the people, and I love that we're good at prayers of the people, which is what Kara does or Bill does, sometimes Sarah used to do. And this is when we get up and we present the needs of the world, which most churches do not do because it's uncomfortable and it's the opposite of praising. But it's something the body of Christ needs to become more comfortable with, interceding on, the, on behalf of those who are not expecting Christ to show up, interceding for nations who are having actual horrible things happening, right? I feel like I'm being persecuted by food right now. It's attacking my body. We don't really see true persecution here. We don't see it like we think. Wearing masks is not persecution. That's just called being honoring of people. But what's happening across the globe in Turkey and Myanmar and all of these places is true persecution where people are literally losing their lives for the gospel, for their love of Jesus. We don't see it here truly, right? I don't even know why I get into that. I'm going to read you Ephesians 1, 3 through 14. I love this book. We might stay in it a little while because it's so good. If you'll open up your Bible, I'm going to read to you from my screen Bible. I've received the blessing of reading like Mariah today, so I'm going to walk in that all year. I got the Mariah blessing for reading. I'm about to get spoken word in this. I'm about to dance it. It's going to be, it's going to be like triple threat reading. 
I'm just going to read it actually. So, Ephesians 1, 3 through 14. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing, blessing in the heavenly realms. <laughs> I still, I guess I didn't get it. Your faith is weak. Maybe it's my faith this week. I'm going to start over. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to take to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved Jesus. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to the purpose which he has set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time. To unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth, He said all things, to unite all things in him. That's beyond what we would typically think. His goal is to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him, we have obtained an inheritance. I mean, if I heard I had an inheritance, I'd like instantly want to know what that was. If somebody was like, you you know you got an inheritance. I'd be like, what? Where? I don't think I have one, but if I did, I'd want to know what it was. In him, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who are the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance, like first fruits, really. I love this thought. I'm not going to nuance it today, but... The Holy Spirit's like first fruits of what will happen as we transition into heaven. It's first fruits present here with us, kind of helping us to see what will come, even the heavenly blessings that we can't really obtain ourselves, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire the possession of, of it to the praise of his glory. Okay, so a couple things I want to share with you before I share with you. This was written in about 62 AD, right? This is about 30 years after Jesus had passed. Communities were starting, communities built around Jesus. Communities were around previous to this, but it was religious communities gathering at the temple. They would go to the temple and they would worship at the temple and there were certain ritualistic things that weren't all bad. And I'll say that they weren't all bad because Jesus continued some of them in Acts. And we know that to be true with the community. The, this community did these things together. Right? These things were happening. Jesus didn't do them next, but these things were happening within the communities. They devoted themselves to these things. And so, as we start today, I want you to get the picture of a community of people that were gathering possibly in houses, but not in cathedrals. There was no such thing as television. There was not an inundated message coming through airwaves. There wasn't a cultural norm of Christianity. Right? There were cultural religious tones, but there wasn't a norm yet of Christ. And so to them, this was still something that was up in the air as if it would work. So as they're hearing these words, they're not hearing them through airwaves or on Hillsong TV or on God TV or on Yeshua TV or on Holy Spirit TV, 
or on whatever TV channels, there are thousands of TV channels, it seems like, if you have all the channels. They're hearing it, somebody's walking in and pulling out a piece of paper and reading it to them. <laughs> like, we don't, we don't do this. And that's how they're hearing the book of Ephesians. We've seen it and heard it, it's preached. Whole youth camps are built around it. Denominations are sometimes built out of it. This is the first reading. They're like, everybody listen, Paul's written something, let's take it in. And they're wondering if this gospel will actually work because they haven't seen it necessarily work yet. It hasn't traveled 2,000 years to them. So there's also with this, not this idea of skepticism involved when we hear things like, you're gonna get every, when I hear, honestly, you're gonna receive every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm, I instantly wanna say, that's not just financial because a lot of us connect spiritual blessing with physical blessing because a lot of people are promising physical blessing through, through the church. But spiritual blessing is something so much broader and to them it wouldn't have been, it would have been so foreign that would have felt like good news, right? They were unnoticed in their society. You'll be noticed. They were literally like wanderers in their city. You'll be adopted, right? You'll, you'll be brought into this family as chosen individuals. And not just that, but this is something that's been promised from before you even recognized it was a promise. Sometimes you and I bump into things in our lives that seem small, seem so small. I remember the first time Luke and Stacy Wills, who are just a really big part of our body, came to our church. It, w it was almost this close to not happening. And this is everybody's story and in so many ways. We decided to do a garage sale for I think the Scotland mission trip, which never produces any money. And I don't know why anybody does them. Like that's, that's my, but we did it. And we decided we would do it. And me, we maybe sold maybe $300 worth of stuff to split over 13 people that all needed 2,000. So we need business plan help. But during that time, Luke and Stacy Wills walk in and interact with us. And that, just that, just, and I didn't want to show up that day. I'll be honest, I was like, I'm doing this because I'm the pastor and I need to show up, but this is literally a stupid idea. Show up, hang out, maybe eight people travel through downstairs that day. We meet Luke and Stacy Wills. Luke and Stacy Wills are a huge part of our church, not just our church, our family. I've seen growth, right? Like I've seen, so, that's every one of us in so many ways when our eyes are opened and we're living in such a way to notice those little invitations, like, hey, you guys wanna start this community built around Christ? And this, they couldn't have known what that would have meant at that time. Right? Just like we can't know the invitations, what they actually lead to. The smallest ones, stop here, say hello. Erin is really great at this, and she started to learn how to do this in small ways. Read this, push pause, listen to their story and don't talk. Listen to hear. Say, I love you to your spouse. I don't really feel like I want to right now. Do it. I love you. <laughs> that wasn't a good example. Let's just pretend like that didn't happen. I love you, though. I do love you. So I want to read you this quote. This is orange. That makes no sense to anyone but me and Bill. Christians in Ephesus may have thought their decision was more of a shift in religious focus. We'll just kind of add this stuff. No big deal. Just change the habit of worship. Then his letter read after a meal, and they discovered that their small steps into a new community had been planned by God before the beginning of time. Just pause there. That Stacy and Luke traveled through here. 
I do believe that this was planned by God beforehand. That these little connected pieces, when we say yes to the Spirit's invitations, have such a more massive meaning than just the thing. Then this letter is read, da, 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 da. God before the beginning of time, da, 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 da. that the steps amounted to God's adoption of them through Christ. That they were not a that they were not part of a plan to bring all, that they were a part of a plan to bring all the separated fragments of creation together in unity through Christ, and that this would end in the glorious inheritance. This new community was being presented with an opportunity to say yes to Christ. And this letter was from Paul and his tone in giving the letter, I want you to take note of. His tone is extreme thankfulness. There's actually a word used to describe the kind of thankfulness that he steps into with this. And you can pull this word up, Bill. It's the traditional Hebrew word of baraka, which means, everybody say baraka. It means blessing. This is the idea that you bless God for his blessings that have blessed us. This is not me blessing you. This is how Psalms start. This is how a lot of the books Paul wrote, the first like six verses, you're like, it's always like, thanks, praise be to God and the Father and all. These are the, the idea that first and foremost, I will praise God, the Baraka, right? I will praise God first, right? The first thing we do this year is we praise God. The first thing we do this year is we praise God. We're going to actually practice in a minute with some testimonies. But Paul almost erupts into this. You can hear it as you read it. It's like there's an excitement bubbling up in him. And once he starts, it's a little bit like the person who's excited that once they start talking, they just can't stop. He's talking about his thankfulness. And if you think about it for a moment, he's seeing this new community actually, and please hear me when I say this to you that are in this room and you at home, wherever you are, wherever the camera is. He's excited about the things I want to see this body step into. These are people who are excited about Jesus and have bound themselves together to pursue him and are willing to do whatever he asks. These are not people who have attached the ornament of Christianity on their lives in a society that no one notices. This is a people that because of their proclamation of Jesus and the way that they've introduced practices that includes all kinds of people that everyone begins to take note. Systems, structures of power start to notice, oh, this is different. Who is this Jesus that would do this? Why is it not of power? We should be looking for someone who is coming to yield power. Jesus didn't come to do that. Jesus started to form these communities and they started to proclaim Jesus and because of that, the whole society took notice of them. He's saying thanks to them because in that, thanks to God and thanks to them, they're starting to embody what it means to be people of God. We have to step back and then step forward to truly do this. We don't really need the blessings of God in America. We all come from homes. We all probably drove here. We all have countless blessings, right? We start our year in thankfulness. This is significant, right? There's actually a cyclical idea of blessing in scripture and the idea is blessings come from God to people, through people, to God. You understand what I'm saying? From God, to people, through people, back to God. So it's like, praise God from whom all blessings flow kind of idea. God, people, through God. It's like this, like, it's like this insatiable history covering 
thing that you want to step into. And I believe that when you step into it, I'm, this is definitely not theologically correct. It's not wrong. Don't hear me say that. But I believe that when you decide to posture your heart and step into that, I believe you can start to see the vision of the will of God. Now, I don't think that you lay claim to your will of God for the world. That's not what this is. You start to see what the Father and the Son and the Spirit are interceding about. When you have a posture of appreciativeness and not, I'm owed something, you can begin to see the will of God. But I guarantee you, if you feel that you are continually owed something, you will not see the will of God. I just, that's the part I think is a little edgy. That's a little edgy. But I believe it to be true. We have things to be thankful for. We have no idea we should be thankful for. It's like a bunch of homeless children wandering around in the wilderness and all of a sudden being swooped up, right, by this loving family that happens to live in and out and through and they're nourished instantly and they're brought in and then the kid's being like, what would those kids be like? They would be like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. I'm so thankful I'm here. There would be no kid that would be like, well, what gift do I get and how do I use it? That wouldn't even be in the conversation. The heart of gratitude from, from someone who needs to be adopted, from those spiritually who are looking for a home and from those who are wandering in our wildernesses, we don't even sometimes sense and see the importance of what it is to say, thank you. We wanna prove our worth by how we produce what we need and our gifts that even do that aren't even ours. So a heart of thankfulness is hard in a society that is driven by consumerism where you receive what you need. But if you can step into this idea where God is praised, God is praised, right? We, oh, I can't wait till the day when we are all singing like four-year-olds at a birthday party, praise to God. Now, I'm not talking about 2020s, version of theological lyrics, which honestly are more prayer than worship, that are more fill me up, fill me up, when true worship is praise God from whom all blessing flows. I want to hear the resounding choir just saying thank you for who he is, but I also want people to pray the fill me up, pray the fill me up, but let's not replace the praise with the fill me up prayers. When we can start to embody that, when we embody that, see, I, I, I can't, I'm not going to blah, 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 blah. I have so much I could say here, I'm not going to say because we have testimonies. But I feel so passionate about this. A lot of the things that you think you need, and even in the settings we create spiritually, we show up and posing upon the settings what we're about to get from the setting. And that's because we're in need. But when we show up, exclaiming who God is and exalting Jesus, we actually receive what we need because the need isn't even there anymore. Right? It's the idea of going low. We can go to a thousand churches and require a thousand things but not truly experience Jesus because there's too much of us involved. God, this is like preachable. It's a praise lap. Amen? Anyway, that's, I'm speaking to me because anytime I turn on a CD, I listen to a service, I read a book, I'm looking for what I'm going to get out of it. Always, because we have need, right? So those are prayers, but our praise. So, 
So how have we been lavishly blessed? I'm just gonna read this really quickly. And I'm not getting into this, but this, this group of Ephesians, they started to embody this praise because they understood these things. And these are the things that they understand. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm meant these things. I believe in this year that we're gonna walk in these things. That you're gonna, you're gonna start to learn what it means to step into, I'm chosen in Christ. I'm predestined. And don't freak out theologically about that word. Think more like a child, right? Don't worry about that. Pre, that's actual scripture. I'm predestined to adoption. I'm redeemed and forgiven. I can know the will of God, not for me to yield it for my own power, but there is a will of God that's been around since before the creation of the earth. I'm included in his family. I'm not an orphan anymore. What if we all walked as if we weren't orphans this whole year, believing what he says about us and believing what he's calling us to? How would just our homes change? I'm marked with the seal of the Holy Spirit and I'm included in his mission. I missed like, it's okay. Can you bring up... Um, Pink, that's just again for me and Bill. <laughs> Not actual, the artist's pink. That would be confusing probably right now. But So we are those chosen for praise to God. Destined, pause for a second. When I say this, you're gonna think, I'm just supposed to say loud things to God. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying there's a way to embody and live Jesus is king that actually tells the story of the gospel. It's more than words for sure. It, has to, it includes the heart, but it believes that he is and lives it like it is. We're destined for worship and appointed unto doxology. <sighs> Thankfulness, doxology. If we cannot yet see all that, we, all that will be, we can already sing it. I used to think that if I sang words in a church service that I don't feel, I was being false before God. I didn't know that I was actually singing a truth that was beyond my understanding that I didn't feel yet, but because it comes from God, I can sing it as if it's true. We can sing before we see. We can say, praise God from whom all blessings flow when we feel like we're not being blessed because all blessings flow from God. In doing so, we prove that we are marked by the seal of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit serves as a kind of retainer or sustainer until the fullness of time. In the day to come, all will sing and give thanks to God. Until then, we have received the lavish blessings and redemption sung on behalf of the rest. That's so good. If the origin of the message of Christmas is that the Word becomes flesh and dwells among us, the culmination of the season is that our flesh becomes the praise of God who makes us all one. That's actually including my physical being. That's not just saying we should praise God. That's standing and praising God in my life. That's a whole different thing. So Paul lives this out and continues to step into this plan. Something wrong with you? So he, he creates this kind of rhythmic invitation, which is the idea that some of us need to step into thankfulness before we get what we, we feel like we need. So that takes an active step for those who are upset, distraught, 
depressed, which isn't just fixed by a prayer from me. Like, I'm not saying that. I believe God is above all things, but some things need more, more attention, more healing. This is for the people who feel like God still owes them something and is waiting to receive what they've prayed for and is a little bit upset with God. This is for those who knows what they need and can't see it yet. And maybe God doesn't even give you that in something better. This is what it looks like to start the year off right, stepping into thankfulness. What has he already done that is good? And it's good. He's done good. He's continuing to do good. He's building a church. This may look like, on the outset, that the church in America is dying. Woe unto us who believe this falsehood. The church is only just beginning to breathe. The church is only just being restored. The church is now going deeper instead of broader. And what will come because of it will be the church that Jesus wants in this nation. Yes, a post-Christian nation. This church might be smaller, but much more impactful. We might see a mega church that changes a whole state. We might see a church of 20 people that changes a whole city. We won't see anymore a 4,000-member church not changing anything. And I say praise Jesus for that. Because it doesn't take a multitude of people. It takes 12, and then it takes 20, and then it takes 40. And then Jesus spreads through cities by people who love lavishly as they have been lavished on. That's the invitation. So I'm looking back at the year of refinement, 2020. It wasn't the year of vision. It was the year of refinement. And I'm thankful, not for COVID. Get that out of here. Get right behind me, Satan. (laughs) Quickly. Get behind me, ye COVID. It's real. But the gifts of God are plentiful if we can look. Paul is thankful in prison. People are thankful in the wilderness. People are thankful on hospital beds. Sarah Luke, before she passed two years ago, was thankful to our community. She was going out saying this. People were angry at her that she didn't want to be healed. She was saying, I have been healed. My heart is healed. You can be thankful anywhere. And if you can start, if you can step in, you step into this cyclical idea of blessing from God to you through you to God, you start to live vibrantly, you start to see his will, you start to get past the things that are hindering you, you start to, you stop desiring to be repaid for the things you're owed, I deserve this, I've done this, I deserve this. Step out of that. We don't deserve anything. None of us. Everything is a gift from God. You can see me, you have something, not, that just sounded really bad. Maybe there's a little hidden narcissism in there I didn't know of. You can see you have something to thank God about. You're wearing clothes and have the ability to put them on your body. Some of you need to be really thankful for that. You can be in a church. Many can't, right? In America, we're just trying to trick people into coming to church. In some countries, they're dying on their way into churches, right? You have money in your bank account, even just a little bit? You don't? We have so much to be thankful for. So today, I'm going to ask you to do a few small things with me. We are going to go a little long today, but that's okay. I'm okay with it. Everybody that's wanted to leave churches this year probably already left them. <laughs> so we're going to, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. We're going to do, we're going to sing the doxology. 
which is just the simplest. I've fallen in love with songs like In Christ Alone. These songs that truly magnify God and not just what I want to get out of the worship I'm having with him. In Christ Alone. The doxology, praise God. You are God, we are not. This idea that we live like this. In this moment, I just want you to magnify who he is. Don't expect to receive anything. You may receive something. That's not what we're doing. But we're gonna do this in three rounds and it's gonna be awkward. Each round will sound more resounding than the previous. Dare I say it might be robust. The first one will go, it's a happy birthday, it's that same. We're gonna sing it together and then we're gonna sing it again and each one we're gonna outdo the one before because it's important that we praise God with our bodies, with our mouths and with our minds. So if you wanna start and then we, we're gonna sing it and then we're gonna sing it, okay? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above the video clips from a couple people in this body and then we're going to open it up for a few moments for people to come share um, when you come up we ask that you do not touch the mic and that you keep it concise I'll prompt you when you can come up but give attention to the screen for a few moments from some people in our body this year I've really gotten to see the Lord as Redeemer and Healer in 2017 I, when I was pregnant with Lethe, we didn't have permanent housing. We had just gone through a big job loss and 
a lot of financial issues and debt. My health was a really struggle. That was when a lot of my autoimmune stuff came up and hadn't been diagnosed yet. Struggled with postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression, didn't have a lot of community after just moving here. So going into the pregnancy this past year with Ellie, um, I really wrestled with a lot of those things and some of those fears. And I just have watched through all of those areas the Lord provide that this time around and heal things. And just for the grace, for even the hard things we have walked through and even the things I have had to do with my health, you can hear in the background, um, just, just the Lord putting in place what we've really needed and getting to see like really specific circumstances where he's redeemed each of those areas. Hi, RCC family. Um, while this year has been incredibly hard for us, um, one of the silver linings of this year has been the love and support that we have felt from you. And so we're incredibly grateful for that. So thank you. Um, also, just in the stillness of um, the forced downtime, we have found mm -hmm. creativity in ways that we didn't know um, we were still capable of in some ways. And um, I think through the midst of the hardness of this year, it's actually pushed us closest together mm -hmm. or closer together in our marriage than um, we probably ever have been. So yeah. that's really good. We like each other now. <laughs> um, and then uh, I'd say that Christmas and Thanksgiving, this one was, uh, those two for us have probably been the best that I've ever experienced, uh, partly because I just cherished being together so much. And I got to start, I'm starting a new creative project that I am so excited about, and none of it would have happened without this crazy year, so... Thanks. We love you guys. Hi, RCC family. This is Allison, and this is baby Haley. I wanted to share one of my biggest praises from 2020, which was actually um, when Haley was born. Of course, having a baby is a big thing to praise God about, but especially um, the way that God provided and protected us um, during her delivery and um, afterwards. We definitely had some complications that we didn't think were going to happen, of course. And when I look back at this year, um, the big thing that stands out is how much peace and just calmness and just this assurance that I knew everything was going to be okay, even as one thing after another was happening at the hospital. And God came through. Um, we have a healthy baby now. Um, the doctors took good care of me, good care of her. And um, I'm so thankful for that experience, of course, because we get her, but also um, just being reminded that when things are outside of my control or scary, um, that the Lord is still there with me. And beyond just giving us the outcome that we're hoping for, he also gives that peace and that love in the moment um, to remind us how good he is and how present he is in every moment. So we hope to see you soon. Baby was doing a stank face. I like that. All right, so we're going we're gonna to let you guys come up. We ask that you don't touch this mic like I just did, like a moron. Um, keep your distance and then one at a time. And keep it about a minute. And then for those watching at home, we'll continue to receive videos and we'll play them as we get them over the next few weeks if you'd like to continue to try and send them in. Um, but we'll go from here until the closing. Whoever's first can come, and then we'll shut her down when we're done. Um, my year started out, um, it, a lot of you know the kind of work that I do. I'm gone a lot and all over the country. 
In fact, my wife made a comment uh, not too long ago about how in the last five years uh, she's seen me about five weeks at home. So um, God has this way of getting your attention. And with me, it was a shoulder replacement because I was a little sidelined then. And um, got home and um, got to know Leslie a lot better. Went back out on the road and um, for this um, busy season, storm season, which we had a very busy season. And um, I started really thinking about um, the things that uh, are and should be important to me and gave me a whole new set of values and way to look at things. And out of that, we've grown a lot closer together. And so, so many of you have prayed for us. For as long as I've known you, whether that came from Riverstone days or since the beginning of RCC, you have prayed for our marriage. And your prayers are powerful and they are answered. And I just thank you for that and I thank you for God for delivering that. And I know that there's people here who are struggling right now in your marriage. And I just want you to know there are safe people here. And there are people that you can rely on. And there's people who will come around you. And so reach out. Do not, do not stay silent about that. Amen. Thank you. Oh man, um, to say the past few months has been rough health-wise, um, but like family, I just want to say this, these are these are good tears. Uh, if you don't know, my brother Stephen uh, went to the hospital November fourth, I think. He fell and he broke his leg. A few days later, he perforated his colon and had a mercy surgery. 20 days after that, he perforated again, and that was on December 1st. And the doctors, like, literally told my parents to prepare. And that is up to God now. And he was like, God was like, hold my cup. I'm, I'm going to go do this. So he is going home January 6th. So it's, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, just I've seen the body step up and support us. Well, my parents been amazing. Like December 1st, we, we drove down to Macon. We left our house like at midnight because that's, he was in the hospital room. And the story of it is just crazy. So y'all can, if y'all want to know, you can see the story. But on the way down there, like that screen that was read, that we read, um, Aaron was like, we had a worship playlist, and she was like, let's only sing the songs that are hard to sing. So it was like driving down there and singing songs and worshiping them. Songs, singing songs that I couldn't sing because of what was going on. Like, I'm about to lose my brother, perhaps. But just that and the, and the community here has been just 
amazing. They supported us. My parents are so grateful for all the prayers here because for real, that's what got Stephen home or is getting Stephen home. And I'm gonna take these last 20 seconds or so on the TV screen. If you're at home, sit your sofa, you point your hand to the right over here. Here, uh, here, she. I had kidney stones back in September. Uh, September. It was the kidney stone from Hades. Um, told me I was in the hospital many days. That thing. She's. We think has some now. So, and y'all here. Y'all's prayers work. We know that. So really, quick, 20, 20 seconds. Jesus, we just pray for Aaron and pray that you would blast those kidney stones. You would disintegrate it. You would dissolve it. You would open up things and melt things away. And we know that you can do it. We've seen you move. We'll see you do it again. And we just praise you for that. And we just love you. In Jesus' name. Alex was at work more than ever, and I was home alone 90% of the time. And I was very lonely and struggling with depression and afraid because all the news about death. And in this year, a very simple blessing, but something that's meant so much to my heart is that our family developed a text thread that we've never had before. And we would text one another weekly, several times in the week, and just um, share words of encouragement or ask for prayer, or most of the time, funny things that would bring laughter and lightheartedness. And, and we got to know what was going on in each other's families, even though we were apart. And it helped me so much to not feel so alone. And, um, and then in June, we actually got to take our family vacation at the beach, which in hindsight, I think that's incredible. How did that even happen in the middle of COVID, in the middle of when you're not supposed to travel? And we got to go and be together as a family. And no one got sick. No one's been sick all year. And um, I just see how God sustained, it, sustained me in the loneliest part of my life by enabling my family to come together. And I feel more bonded and connected to them than I think I ever have. say a lot of things this year and would love to tell you all in person but for this one minute I'm going to spend it talking about what I want to talk about. Uh, 
Um, I just want to talk about the things I got to see God do this year. I'm just going to like list what I, what I saw. This year, my word was surrender. I started off working at Applebee's. <laughs> Holy cow. Um, I got to see... I got to see such an empty community of people be so filled by his love um, just working there. It was amazing. Um, those people are so beautiful. And that meant a lot to me because that's a place I had grown up and told myself I'd never work. Um, that was the beginning. And then this summer, um, I got to take a, um, I got to make an effort in a particular friendship that I have, um, trying to express care. I've never taken a step like this before. Um, really tough, maybe the hardest thing I've ever done. And out of that, God has, I feel like he has uh, relieved me. He's given me a way out of a cycle of shame that I have been living in for years. And it's, it's not just a, oh, like, a moment where it's gone, it's like he's walking with me even now through each day, giving me these little bumpers on my bowling alley that like when my head starts going in this direction, um, and this is a testimony to you guys in the light, I mean, like everyone in this room and everyone who's able to see, um, since I got to meet you all, you've been a light in my life and you guys' relationship with God plays a role in that bumper like in my life so thank you very much um, and thank you to God for being who he is to all of us right um, that's been a big thing I got to see him redefine family um, I got to see him change the life of my mother and my birth mother um, and bring a community out of that that I would have never <laughs> expected growing up um, and from that comes so much freedom from anxiety. Like, wow, um, that's another blessing. Um, he's given me a thirst for a deeper relationship with him. He's given me a level of experience with him through this surrender this year that like this relationship feels more grounded than it ever has in my life. Um, so much to be thankful for. So, um, where that leaves me going into this year is that I crave more surrender, even just listening to the message this morning. It's like, and I sense that in you all, like we can we can take those steps together, we can be an encouragement to each other and that together. Um, so yeah, thank you God for being above everything and being present in our lives. wild card. I don't ever do things like this. Um, but the gratitude that I have over this season is the only thing that could ever make me get up here and say that I'm just thankful for River City um, and for just friends that have brought out the Jesus in me and for being able to just take a step of faith and leave the insecurities and the lies that i I've let myself believe about myself and about my God that are not true. Um, the love that God has for us is so much greater than that. And I just wanted to publicly say that. So, I'm so
Well, I can echo um, Nancy's sentiment about the family, but during this time, I've looked back and still weary, broken, but I know who my Heavenly Father is. Yeah. And I know him. My knees are raw, but my heart is open, and it has drawn me closer to him that allows me to be the husband, the father, the leader, when everything is crashing down on me with a multitude of situations. Uh, I surrender, and I'm at his disposal. And that's what's important, and that's what I've learned. So I'm grateful for what has happened, because I know who's in control, and it's not me. That he stripped away everything that was important, I thought, or I put it in the right order. So I'm grateful that he got me on my knees, that my Heavenly Father, that I am not an orphan, my Heavenly Father does love me. So that's what I'm thankful for. Yeah, what's up? I mean, if people need you, they're just going to start slipping out quietly anyway. <laughs> you want to wait on this. <laughs> I'm not used to talking in front of crowds. Now, what I'm blessed and thankful for this year, uh, this last week, uh, had my kids and grandkids all in one place. 15, 16 count me. And my daughter and sons gave me this little rock. What is the name of the rock? I don't remember it. They said that I was the foundation in their lives. And each one went around saying a blessing to me, how I've blessed their life. And you're talking about tearing my heart up, I mean, in a good way. And even Nava, even the younger girls, and Noah, uh, it was amazing what they said. And that's probably one of the biggest and most best feelings I've ever had in my life. You can look at your kids, grandkids, and uh, see how the Lord has used them. And, and the life that I've had has been kind of up and down, but one thing that I have had is, the, you know, the love of God. And I've loved the Lord with my whole heart uh, since I was 28. Thank you. I know I've been prayed for here too, so thank you. It's easy to sing in public. I cannot do this without crying, so I apologize in advance. In a year that was supposed to be really hard and dry, and it was, I struggled like Nancy with depression this year, stuck in my house. I've been working from home 
from March, and I am thankful that I have a job, and I am thankful that I work for a dysfunctional government that threatened to shut down every week for about a month, but I still have a job, and I'm thankful for that. But in this year of drought, God has stripped away a lot of things. He's brought back memories of when I was on fire for him in my 20s, and I want that again. He has also moved in the lives of my people and my family. I watched my son fall in love with orienteering and do well at it and excel and find something that he loves. I watched Naomi win her first cross-country race. And she didn't even feel anything except, well, that's just what I'm supposed to do. Like, and so, but I think more importantly, and this is a big thank you to the Wise Council and the staff at RCC, but my wife, who I have believed in, for 20 years, is finally a director or a children's pastor, whatever you want to call her. I'm so thankful. Not for any other reason that I knew that's what she's called to be. And I finally see somebody else see that in her. And so, God, I thank you that in drought, you bring abundance and joy. Are we about to, there it is. Can't get up and do this at the same time. So, <laughs> um, I'd like to second all of the. Uh, this year has sucks, um, but also, it's been really great uh, in just seeing like who the true community is. You always know who your real friends are when you don't have anything to give them. And I'm really thankful for most of you on this side. You guys too, but I hang out with them a lot more usually. <laughs> I love all of you and all of you watching. Wow, digging a hole. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm also, this is going to be awkward, and she's probably not ever going to see this, but I'm really thankful for counseling this year, and um, little did I know how much I was going to need it, but I got hired at River City in November of 2019, and I went into Josh's office, and we were talking about some stuff. And he looked at me and said, don't come back in here until you've called Karen, which is my friend, my counselor. And I had no clue how much 2020 was going to require a good counselor <laughs> for my mental state. So shout out to all of you who go to counseling. Shout out to all of you who told me I needed to go to counseling. Amen. And shout out to those of you who are thinking about going to counseling. It's changed my life. Okay, sorry it takes me a while to get around recently. Um, first of all, I'm so thankful for this community. I cry a lot, so just that's just going to happen. Um, this year was boo-boo, like you all know. But um, for me personally, connected to this church, I believe that the prayers that, that those of you that love me and have prayed have allowed me to be where I am right now. And 
I didn't know at the time, but 13 weeks ago today, I got what I call a snapped up. That's the only way I can describe it right now because I'm still processing it, but I literally am a new person, 100%. And I didn't know I needed to be this new, so it must have been pretty boo-boo, honestly. But looking back, I was oppressed, and I didn't know it because I've had chronic pain in my neck for nine years. Um, and it's definitely been the loudest voice in my head. And the pain is real, guys. It's not like it's, it's bad. Um, like the pain I'm having right now is bad. But what happened 13 weeks ago in the snap-up was the immediate thing I'm thankful for is that voice is not the loudest anymore in my head. Um, which is huge if you experience chronic pain because it's a freaking loud voice. Um, so I'm so thankful that I hear his voice louder than any other voice in my life for the first time every moment of my life, literally. That is the second thing I'm so thankful for between me and my dad up there. Um, I actually, everything Josh said today, you really can literally live like that and every moment of every day he is present and you know that like I know we know that but like I know that I ask him what I should wear each day I'm gonna sound crazy for the next couple minutes I promise but it's okay I literally ask him what to eat or like I have invited I invited him into my driving he I'm not kidding when I'm on any interstate and I'm driving I sit in the slow lane at rush hour because he's teaching me how to wait on him and those moments of waiting have been so powerful because I'm praying for the people around me. Like, it's just the waiting that's so beautiful right now. I call it a yellow light, basically. So I just want to encourage anybody in here that's struggling or chronic pain or emotional pain. I was literally 13 weeks ago drowning in it all. All you have to, this is what I did. The night before I got snapped up, I was in my bathroom. Sorry, that was probably TMI. And crying, bawling my eyes out. And I was looking out my window and all I was saying was, God, I can't do this. Help me. And I mean, I was making stupid decisions too. So it wasn't like I deserve to get snapped up. None of us do. So if you don't know how to get out of where you are, just pray that prayer because that's what I did. And I have lived the best 13 weeks of my entire life. Literally. Like I... I don't know, I can't explain it. I don't even, I'm still processing, but don't give up. Like, hold on. Your pain will be not as loud. Like, just, you're, you're there. When you were talking, I was like, oh, he's about to get snapped up. You're, it's coming. Just hold on. I promise it is worth more than I can even, I can't even describe how much it's worth to just hold on. And I just want to thank this church and my family for praying me through the darkest night of my life um, and I'm thankful for those moments now too I love you guys Happy New Year being in this position but I felt like I needed to say something because this year has been such a uh, so much loss and death um, 
but you all have prayed into these situations. And what I saw happening was, of course, it didn't turn out the way that I wanted or a lot of us wanted. But what happened is I watched God go into those situations and take my nephew's wife and got her to the place of saying, you don't have to stay for me anymore. And that could have never happened without God working a miracle there. And in all the situations of loss that I've seen, and I know so many of you have lost people too, it's the behind the scenes that God has done within the families and within the broken hearts to prepare them. And I see the preparation has gone on for a long, long time before the death happened. And just to be able to trust him that if that happens, um, somebody said to me once, and a friend that lost her husband last week said a stranger texted her that, that um, God's people are invincible and immortal until he's ready for them to come home. And that's just what you have to hold on to. But I thank you so much for your prayers. I love you. Isn't it good to just take time to praise God? It's a better decision than any decision we could have made. Just real quick, Erin, my sister, I've known her for 42 years, three. I'm, I'm emotionally older than you, but I... If we're going, are you saying physical? 44, 43, she's never been the person she is right now. I've never not been worried about her until 13 weeks ago. I'm just thankful for you. Thankful for your obedience. I'm thankful that you're crazy, but with your crazy, you're more compassionate. You can be as crazy as you want if you're compassionate. It don't even matter. I'm really thankful for you. You're, you're who I would praise God for right now. So, yeah, for sure. Um, I'm going to pray over you and we're going to where you go. So Jesus, I praise you for from whom all things, all blessings flow. I praise you for creating each one of these people in this room and listening. I praise you that it delighted you to do that. And then I praise you that it double delights you to see us understand that. I praise you that this year we're going to walk in it. I thank you, Jesus, for this body. It's awesome. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us today, and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.